Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast presented by First Federal Bank. It's Monday, April 25th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Are you feeling the draft? Herbie Teope is. He's the Star's chief beat writer, and on Sunday, he pumped out his fourth mock draft. It's going to be a busy draft day for the Chiefs, draft weekend. They go into Thursday with two selections in each of the first four rounds, and then four picks in the seventh for a total of 12. We'll see if they keep them all, trade up, or even trade down for more picks. On today's show, we break down the draft and explain why this year's three-day event is as important as any in recent years for the Chiefs. Also, toward the end, we give our push-comes-to-shove selections for the first round. Herbie and I actually agree on one of them. Okay, let's get started talking Chiefs draft. Herbie, it's draft week, and covering the NFL never ends, of course, but we reach, at least we reach an end to the draft uh, by Sunday. Are you happy, sad? I mean, you it's... You know, you spend so much time on the draft, so much time. You've got four mock drafts uh, already in the books. Uh, will you be a little relieved when all this is over? I mean, not necessarily relieved. This is an exciting time of the year if you cover a team because you get to watch them add pieces to it. Here's the interesting thing. Okay, you mentioned four mock drafts with 12 draft picks. Uh, so 12 times four is 48 players. And I didn't even come close to half the players that Brett Veach and his staff have on their draft board. Uh, as of Friday, they had 194. But, you know, the, the good news is the draft typically ends what I call speculation season. You know, now we don't have to worry about the Chiefs could, should, would do do certain things with picks or even free agents. Now we know because the finality of all uh, from January or excuse me, February until now, the speculation season of the NFL will be over because after the draft, now we dive right into watching the players back on the practice field. It happens that fast. So this is an exciting time of the year for a lot of people, including you, you know, media members who cover the NFL. We look forward to the draft. Yeah, I, I to be honest with you, I am looking forward to it because the the Chiefs are front and center in this year's draft. They haven't been the last few years, but they are this time uh, with the picks at 29 and 30 in the first round, and then two more in the second, two more in the third, and two more in the fourth. At least going into the draft, that's what they have, plus four in the seventh round. So 12 picks in the draft. I think the Jaguars have 12 as well, and those are the only two teams with that many in the draft this year. It's the first time since 2008, I looked this up, Chiefs had 12 picks in 2008. Uh, They went into that draft with 13, ended up draft day trade, to move up. They ended up with 12 picks in 2008. That was the draft that produced Jamal Charles. So they did get one gem out of that draft. So here's what I wanted to ask you before we kind of dig deep into you know, who might be going and what, what the Chiefs might do. This is a, it's kind of a tough speculation question, but what does a good draft look like in terms of percentage of hits, right? If let's just say it's a seven, let's say it's a seven, a, a typical, you know, one pick each round, seven-member draft. How many of those guys need to be starters? How many need to be stars? What does a good draft look like? A good, that's a very good question, Blair. You put me on the spot, but I think that's a very fair question. You know, most teams, there's, here's the biggest difference. General managers need at least three to four years to grade their draft, which, of course, you know, we, we don't have that luxury because we're going to grade it immediately. 
But to properly evaluate a draft, you have to give them at least two to three years. Okay, because you need to figure out who's going to be the impact player, who's going to start, who's going to contribute immediately. And in order for the Chiefs to to hit their picks, uh, we know what their needs are. So we're going to react to based on what their needs are. And if they if they check those boxes, you know, I'm going to think, hey, this is a good draft. I thought last year was a good draft. I gave him an A. Uh, you know, when you found immediate starters and Nick Bolton, Creed Humphrey, uh, Trey Smith, I mean, players who contributed immediately. So I gave that draft an A before we saw what they were able to do in the regular season. So, you know, back to your question, what makes a successful draft? The guys have to contribute immediately. And, and I think the Chiefs with 12 picks and five in the first 100, as, as you mentioned there, they should be able to find blue chip players who should be able to come in and contribute immediately at those positions of need. I think you're absolutely right on last year's draft. I mean, it was, uh, they ended up with uh, six players, right? Um, none in the first round. It was, uh, they didn't have their first pick until, uh, until second round. And Nick Bolton was their, their first pick in the second round. Creed Humphreys went five picks later in the second round. And those turned out to be excellent players. Creed Humphrey may have been the best center in the NFL last year. And you mentioned Trey Smith. What a find. Probably the steal of the draft at number six. I, I Absolutely right. You gave it an A at the time, and, uh, and it, it kept that A, and it'll continue to be a, a, an A draft for, for the Chiefs. The year before that, with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the, the first-round pick, he went number 32 overall. This was the draft right after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. They also got Willie Gay with their second-round pick. Lucas Niang is their third, and Legereus Sneed as their fourth. I cannot remember the grade you gave this draft, but looking back, the you know it is a B plus A minus draft as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I believe I gave it an A minus. Yeah, yeah. With you know, look, I think we we looked at the Clyde Edwards-Alaire draft with a little bit of pick with a little bit of you know. Head, shoulder shrug is it do they really need that uh and but but look he's he's been a starter and Willie Gay certainly a, a starter for for a couple years and Lucas Niang would have been you know would would have been a starter for all 16 games last year if he hadn't gotten hurt and Jerry Sneed has been terrific so four out of, and Michael Dana came out of that draft as well mm-hmm. uh Bopi Keys is the only one that did not produce for for the Chiefs so six players taken, and I think five hits in that in that draft. The year before that, McCole Hardman, Juan Thornhill, Colin Saunders, uh, Rashad Fenton came out of that draft, Nick Allegretti, Darwin Thompson. So, you know, any of these players that we've mentioned, uh, you know, all pros, n- not yet, or pro bowlers, n- not yet. But um, I-, I think all three of those drafts, the 21, 20, and 19 drafts, I think were all successful for the chiefs and producing starters. And, and if you get, look, a, 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 an all pro a pro, you know, I, I would say pro bowler, not all pro um, in, in a draft that's, you know, that, that's acceptable. I think you should expect to get somebody like that. Uh, a guy who's among the best at his position at some point in his career. And look, the, the chief said, look, Patrick Mahomes in 17, they had Tyreek Hill in 16 along with Chris Jones Marcus Peters in 15. So uh, they've had those, they had a run of those players, uh, Travis Kelsey in, I want to say 2014. Uh, so 
uh, or maybe 2013 along. That was the year they had Eric Fisher at 1-1 and Travis Kelsey came in at uh, uh, in, in the third round. So the Chiefs have had a run of excellent players and, and for about four years, right? And then the last three or four years, uh, I think they've had good, solid overall draft picks. And that's yeah, that explains the team's success since 20, you know, since in the Andy Reid era, basically. We're talking about two general managers, right, with um, uh, with John Dorsey and, and now uh, Brett Veach. But overall, I think you can say the Chiefs have drafted pretty well uh, in, in the Andy Reid era. And now we're looking at what I think is a pivotal draft for the Chiefs with, you know, with the, with the uh, did not re-sign Tyron Matthew. And uh, and the trade of Tyreek Hill means two of the stalwarts of the you know the Super Bowl Chiefs basically have moved on, and it's almost a little bit of a hit the reset button. It's not a rebuild. Uh, Brett Beach was clear to mention that last when we talked to him on on Friday. It's not a rebuilding mode, but it's a it's a replenishing, and that's why I think the Chiefs are going to use almost all 12 of their picks. Now, I, I'd like to get your thought on this. Uh, first of all, do you agree it's a it's a pretty important and pivotal draft for the Chiefs? And you can say that every year, but I um, the, the, just the, the, the fact that they've got to replace people like Tyree Kill and Tyron Matthew and uh, leaders on offense and defense, and um, do you trust Brett Beach to make this a good draft? You know, to, to your question, your two-part question there, one, I think I do agree with you that this is a replenishment piece of it. You got to remember last year they went into that draft with the thought process of replenishing the offensive line. You know, Brett Veach on Friday mentioned that cornerback and defensive line remained a priority for him. Remember, he said it was neck and neck on how he wanted to approach that uh, in the first couple of rounds of the draft. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them go that route like they did last year. You know, let's get the offensive line in place. They were able to get. Uh, Orlando Brown in the trade a week before the draft. So now they were able to shift their focus to center and a guard. Uh, if they do any replenishing this year, they're going to start off, in my opinion, they're going to, they should start off heavy on defense. You got to get that pass rusher because Frank Clark is in the last year or excuse me, yeah, last year of his contract. Uh, so you need to get another pass rusher there. You develop Mike Dan already. You spent a, a draft pick last year on a developmental player in Joshua Kando. So you know you get you got to see where he is. Cornerback uh, is a huge, huge replen- position that needs replenishing because Charvarius Ward is now with the San Francisco 49ers. To your second question, do I trust that Brett Veach to do this? Yes. You know, I, I think if anything, he's shown over the last two or three drafts. He can identify the positions of need. And, you know, he's not shy to go best player available, but he doesn't sacrifice not taking a player who fills a specific need. And they have needs. You know, most general managers will go into a draft with the thought process, what are our needs and what do we want? Uh, Sooner or later, that need has to take priority over want. There you go. All right. We're, we're, uh, We're about to take a break. But before we do, Herbie, I wanted to, uh, let's let's pause the draft conversation just for a moment. And you asked Brett Veach specifically last week about the injury status of a couple of players. I wanted to get that covered before I forgot about asking you about this. But 
we, we talked a little bit, or you talked a little bit about Lucas Niang and Jody Fortson. Just give us an update on those two guys, because we, we really haven't heard from anybody about that. And Lucas Niang especially is critical to, um, to what the Chiefs want to do. So before we head into a break, bring us, give us an update on Niang and Fortson. Yeah, Veach revealed Friday that Lucas Niang, who suffered a torn patellar tendon in the season finale, uh, might not be ready until the end of training camp. So this 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 should set off some alarms there because Niang started nine games last season. He opened the year as the starter uh, before injuries uh, took a toll on him last year, and then Andrew Wiley ended up starting through the postseason. Wiley is back on a one-year deal, so you know realistically, Wiley can get you through. OTAs, mini camp, and then, you know, if Nang is ready, let them battle it out for who's going to start the regular season. But I think it's important for the Chiefs to identify a tackle in this draft because if Niang is not the answer for the future, you got to have a guy there who you can develop. As far as Jody Fortune is concerned, he suffered a torn Achilles tendon. You know, my guy, Jody, Jody yeah, Fortune. Yeah, for sure. If, if Jody suffered that Achilles tendon in week six, I believe, against Washington. Uh, but he didn't have an update on him. But, hey, I can say this. Uh, he's posting. He's been active on social media, showing him working out. And he's down in Texas right now working out with Patrick Mahomes. That is an encouraging sign that he's on his well or excuse me, he's well on the way for recovery from the Achilles. OK, so decent news on the injury front for the Chiefs. OK, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll get into some names and uh, and what the Chiefs might do with those, uh, with their first round picks. We'll be right back. Buying your first home is a huge milestone, but the journey there can be confusing. First Federal Bank of Kansas City is here to make it simple. After nearly a century of serving the KC community, our loan advisors have experience in every type of housing market. With a short phone call, we can give you a free rate quote and talk through loan options. No pressure, no obligation. The road to home ownership can be simple with First Federal Bank. Get started with a free quote at ffbkc.com homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City, because banking is personal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back on Sportsbeat KC with Chiefs beat writer Herbie T. Opie, and we're talking about the NFL draft that comes along on Thursday the Chiefs have two picks in the first round. 
course, the, the, the first round is the only round that, uh, that gets selected on Thursday night. It's two and three on Friday and then four through seven on Saturday. The Chiefs are going to, you know, at least they're scheduled to be active every day of the draft. And before we get into names, Herbie, uh, of, of Chiefs draft possibilities, let's go back to something that Brett Veach, general manager, the Chiefs general manager said on Friday and that was um, the Chiefs have 16 to 18 players with a first-round grade. The Chiefs drafted 29, so you know at least on paper they're they're not going to get one of those top 16 to 18 guys that they have given first-round grades to. However, um, if one of those players falls to 18, 19, or to 19, 20, 21, then you might possibly see a trade in you know, uh, in, in, in that vein. So do you think that's the only way the chiefs trade up, um, with one of their first round picks is to get to, if one of those guys, they gave a 16 to 18 first round grade two falls to 1920, Um, do you think that's the only scenario in which you could see the treat chiefs make a trade or, or do we see the Brett, Brett Veach said, do they throw the haymaker and, and, you know, you know, tra- trade up to the top 10 to get the edge rusher they want so, or the, or a cornerback that they want. What, what is a, a more likely scenario? Here, here's the beauty of, of what you just mentioned there, you know, 16 to 18 players with a first round grade. And you have to remember uh, how the Chiefs view a player is going to be different from how, let's say the Carolina Panthers view a player, or even uh, take a divisional rival, the Broncos view a player. So beauty is always forever in the eye of the beholder in the draft. That said, Brett Veach did say they were going to remain versatile, okay, because you have 12 picks, so you have, excuse not versatile, flexible. So you have 12 picks. You can be flexible if you see a guy that you absolutely want and you think somebody else is going to get him, package those trades up and start exploring. Can we move up in front of this team? Case in point, 2017, you know, at that time, it's too bad McDowell's not here because he'd get a chuckle out of this. 2017, I'm in New Orleans covering the Saints. We knew the Saints. Kashawn Dayton, we, we knew they wanted Patrick Mahomes. And if Patrick Mahomes makes it to them, I believe it was pick 11 or 12 at that time, if he makes it there, Mahomes is playing in the dome right now because Peyton would have pulled the trigger. The Chiefs knew the Saints wanted him because Peyton hardly ever went out to go work out a quarterback. He let his staff do that. When he went down to Florida, or excuse me, to Texas to work out Mahomes, that sent the, the alarm bells off of all of us on the Saints beat. Holy smoke, he really likes him. What do the Chiefs do? Package it up and move and move right up in front of the Saints, and then the rest is history. So if, if Veach has an indication that a team, a player that they really, really covet is not going to make it past the team, why not explore it? Let's see if we can get up there. So the Chiefs had uh, the number 27 pick that year and uh, and traded with the Buffalo Bills, who had the number 10, right? And mm-hmm. Chiefs packaged uh, uh, their first-round pick and then following year's first-round pick and gave that up to move up to number 10 to Patrick to, to get Patrick Mahomes and kept him out of New Orleans. Uh, so the Chiefs and Brett Beach, I, I stand by this. I don't think we've ever asked Brett this or he's never talked about it, but they – Teams know what other teams are thinking. You, the Chiefs can't make a move like that without knowing that the Saints also are, you know, hot on the trail for Patrick Mahomes. And I, I believe that that uh, there's sort of a wisdom out there that you know 
all 32 teams are operating in their own little bubble and have no idea what anybody else is doing. That's, that can't be true. The, the Chiefs have to have their own mock draft right on their board, right? They've got to know, they've got to have a pretty good idea what every everybody else is thinking and might do because in the first round, you only have 10 minutes to make your choice. You know, yeah. it's, it's only 10 minutes between picks and you've got to, you know, you're basing the future of your organization on a 10 minute decision that has to be made in 10 minutes. So they have to have a pretty good idea of what everybody else is doing and, uh, and not be terribly surprised by what happens before them. And so I bring that up because think about it. You got to think about that when you're, when you're covering the, or paying attention to the first round of the draft and, and wondering what it would take for the chiefs to move from 29 or 30 up to whether it's, you know, seven or eight or, you know, or, or 17 or, or 19 or 20, um, they would have to, you know, a player that they really covet would, uh, you know, would have to maybe fall a little bit or surprise them. Or uh, as, as you've mentioned a couple times, um, uh, you know, see a player who might have an injury issue right now. And, um, and, 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 and with the chiefs, if it's in a position that they don't have a need for immediately, you know, could draft that person and, you know, sit through the, 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 the sit, uh, sit uh, basically a red shirt year uh, for the injured person. They, they, they kind of did that with Lucas Niang, right? They, I'm, I'm not sure they were, they were certain at the time that when they drafted Lucas Niang, that he was going to be, you know, miss the year to, to rehab his injury, but that's what happened. And they got a, they, you know, in year two, they got a starter out of him. So Herbie, let's, let's get into some names a little bit. Your latest mock, at 29, you've got the Chiefs taken. I hope I pronounce his name right. Boye Mafe, yes. defensive lineman from Minnesota. Um, and and in, uh, in, in number 30, the second pick in the first round, you got him taking Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama, who has one of those injuries, right? He's yeah. he's not a he, – he would – whoever he goes to, he's not going to play immediately. And then just we'll just continue in the second round. Cornerback uh, from Clemson, Andrew Booth, with their first second-round pick. And then another name I hope we're pronouncing right uh, at number sixty-two overall, Nick Petit Frere or something like. That. I'm sorry, I did <laughs> from Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, the, the the offensive tackle from Ohio State. So you've got defensive lineman, you know, with 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 rush end capabilities, wide receiver, cornerback, offensive tackle. I think you're absolutely right that those are the four positions of need for the Chiefs in the draft. I'm not sure what order they're going to go in. But I yeah. think those are the four positions, DL, wide receiver, corner, and, and offensive tackle. And pretty much your, your four mock drafts uh, have centered on those positions. I'm not sure you went outside of any of your four mock drafts in the first two rounds because I've got them written down here. D-line, corner, corner, you know, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. You know, th- those, I think in one of them, um, in, your, maybe your first mock draft, you had a safety going with your in the second round. Uh, but for the most part, wide receiver, cornerback, defensive lineman. And um, so what, you, what you've been saying through your mock drafts is, and, and you, were, you said it earlier, defense is likely the priority for the Chiefs in the first round. Will there be a good enough rush end for them to feel good about it, 29 or 30? Because this person, I think, has to come in and, if not start, be in the rotation. He's got to yeah. come in and be one of the four, don't you think? Yeah, the blue chips, like you, you know, you mentioned earlier, the 
the blue chip type player who has the capability to come in and start immediately because that's what they need. Uh, you know, I, I think it's pretty telling at the end of the year. I, I remember after they lost to the Bengals in the AFC championship game, Brett Veach on his end of season press conference said defensive line and, and cornerback are priorities. Well, free agent came and went. <laughs> we didn't see any impact. Uh, pass rusher joined the Chiefs. And then on Friday, you know, Brett Veach once again emphasized those two positions are going to be one of their priorities. One of the, you know, could be two priorities, but one of them is a priority early in the draft. So they need to get a pass rusher. Well, that, that brings me to this point too, Herbie. They, they did not, you're right. They, they didn't, they didn't go out and get a Frank Clark signing um, for a free agent signing and, and, uh, for for big money at that position, but that doesn't close the door on that, right? Melvin Ingram is still out there. Uh, J- Jadavian Clowney is still still out there. Right? If the person they don't find in the draft is available uh, is available to them, I can I can see them making a making a run at Melvin Ingram or Clowney or, or some, one of those guys. The problem I would have with that, Blair, and you know this, it's not going to be a long-term deal. It'll be a one-year contract at the veteran minimum for these guys. And and you're going to be revisiting the situation all over again in 2023. So if you're able to get your impact pass rusher now, and some of these guys are going to be available in the late first, early second, I think this is the time to pull the trigger because – you need the Chiefs are going in a different direction by unloading, you know, Tyreek Hill's massive contract by by electing not to bring back Tyron Matthew to another big contract. I think when you when Brett Veach says we're going to build through the draft, it makes financial sense because now you're just paying these guys on their rookie contracts. So you know, I, I think it makes sense to get the guy now and not bring in uh, stopgap pieces when you've identified at the end of the year, we have to get better at pass rush because bringing back Melvin Ingram at 31, 32, who's to say, you know, I don't know how much juice he's going to have. Certainly he was, he was an impact player last year. We saw that. Uh, but, you know, I think we need to go young here. Okay. All right. So you would be surprised if the chiefs used um, their first two picks. Let's just say they keep their both, the 29 and 30, and you'd be surprised if they went somewhere, anywhere other than Russian wide receiver cornerback. Yes, that's a fair assumption. Absolutely. Right. So let's just cross off the list of the positions they absolutely don't need to address in the first two rounds. Quarterback obviously comes to mind. What about linebacker? I'm I'm a little curious about that. Linebacker is somebody, I I think they, they need some depth there. They do need depth, but I think, you know, I think they have that already. You've got your two foundation pieces. You spent, um, well, the Chiefs spent second round draft picks in consecutive years on Willie Gay and Nick Bolton. With Anthony Hitchens no longer here, the natural progression for Nick Bolton is to go to the position that he played at Mizzou, which is the middle linebacker. So now all you need to find is a strong side linebacker because Willie Gay's your weak side guy. I think they have, you know, they signed Elijah Lee. You know, they spent free agents, see, and of course, I mentioned Elijah Lee because he's a yes, K-Stater. <laughs> yes, you did. You know, they signed a couple of linebackers in free agency. So you let him battle it out. And you have to have linebackers who are capable of contributing on special teams. Uh, I don't think you need to spend an early first, second round draft pick on a linebacker right now because you've got your playmakers in Willie Gay and Nick Bolton. 
Okay, let me let me throw another position at you. And I thought I didn't even think about this until I heard Brett Beach talk about the depth at this position. And that's running back. I thought it was really interesting. He said he wouldn't be surprised if a thousand yard rusher came out of either an undrafted free agent or mm-hmm. uh, or the sixth or seventh round. So prospects, it's, look, they have 12, 12 draft picks. Um, there aren't as many, there aren't that many positions. I mean, in terms of position groups on a on a football team. Um, I think they'll take a running back somewhere. How, how high could they take a running back? Well, it's, it's, it's fascinating that he said that because if you remember my second mock draft, I actually had them taking a running back in the fourth round, Notre Dame star Kyron Williams. Um, and then throughout some of these mock drafts I've done, I, I've had them taking a running back also in the seventh round because Brett Veach is absolutely correct. There are some studs in this, in this draft, uh, but because the premium isn't – place highly on a thousand yard rushers in college in the professional level these days, you know, some of these guys are going to slip and, and he's absolutely correct. It wouldn't surprise me at all. If they did pull the trigger on a running back, you got Ronald Jones who they signed from Tampa as a free agent. He's, he's on a one-year deal. Uh, Derek Gore exclusive rights, free agent this year. So he'll be a restricted free agent next year. And then this is a, to me, this is a make or break year for Clyde Edwards Alaire. Okay. He's, he's entering his third season He's got to show them that he's worthy of that first round draft pick because the Chiefs are going to have a decision to make in 2023. Do they use the fifth year option on Clyde Edwards Alaire? So okay. yeah, add some competition there. Okay. All right. Let's uh, uh, let's put you on the spot. You've, you've had uh, and I, you do you do this for variety and give people you know something to think about when you go with different players for your mock drafts, right? You, you didn't have the same player at any of the positions and no reason to, you want to give uh, kind of, you want to create a, a range of possibilities for the chiefs, right? So that's why uh, Boye Mafe was, uh, was your number 29 pick and, and Jamison Williams number 30 this week. But, and so you had different players at those spots in your previous mock drafts. All right. Um, uh, push comes to shove. Who will the Chiefs, if they don't trade out of that position, who do you think the Chiefs get at number 29? Ooh. I've got somebody in mind myself, and I'll share it after you. If the guy is there, you know, and this is the whole thing, you, you, they're going to have to watch their draft board because if the player falls to them, I like that kid from Purdue. Yes. You know, the very first mock draft, George, and I'm going to kill his last name, George Karloftis. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Look at that. I like that kid. He's a nonstop motor when you watch him. And that's that's what popped out to me the first time I was doing the mock drafts. I was watching him and I was like, wow, this guy's nonstop. You know, he's got a little bit of T.J. Watt. He's got a little bit of Max Crosby. You know, he's just nonstop. And that's what they need. They need a pass rusher who's able to disrupt the edge and get to the quarterback. And I like him. Okay, and then at number 30. So it, it could be 30 and 29 or 29 and 30, but who would you have the Chiefs taken next? 30, I, look, I like Kyler Gordon. I mean, if, if he's there. Quarterback uh, from Washington. Yes, I like him. He, he's got the size. He's a perfect fit for Spagnolo's scheme because he can do press man, he can play zone, and, and I think he's going to be there. You know, uh, most, of, most mock drafts have him projected as late first round or excuse me, most national guys have him projected as a late first round, early second round draft pick. So I think he will be there. I like Kyler Gordon, and they need that. I, you and I are on agree, in agreement on George Karloftis. I, I like him a lot myself. I might go with the other first round pick that I don't know. I'm not going to get his first name pronounced right, but Kyir Elam, the cornerback from Florida. 
Yes. I do like him, and I that, that to me is a little bit more of a position of need right now for the Chiefs. And I, it is a deep draft when it comes to wide receiver. And the Chiefs, look, they added Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They have begun and with McCall Hardman back. They absolutely need another wide receiver. But uh, I think cornerback is just right now a little bit bigger need, and I think they address wide receiver a little bit later. So I, I got them going straight defense in the, in the first round. The fascinating yeah. thing is, if you remember back to Brett Veach, when he mentioned before he walked downstairs to talk to us, he met with Steve Spagnuolo and his defensive staff. You know, they were they were making that pitch. These are the guys we want. And I think it's fascinating that, you know, they're in his ear. And so this is the reason why I think they go defense, defense, if they stay at 29 and 30. Okay. This year's draft starts Thursday in Las Vegas. Um, I think we all know where the 2023 draft uh, will happen. Uh, right in front of Union Station in Kansas City. And the Chiefs, at this point, would be front and center in the 2023 draft because in addition to their seven picks, they added a couple from the Tyreek the Tyreek Hill trade. And I think there's an additional one from the from the polls. Uh, uh, they got the, uh, the the supplemental third-round pick from the Bears for Ryan for, for losing their front office uh, personnel. So they're, they could have as many as 10 picks in, in 2023. I believe that's right. So um, this is absolutely, uh, maybe when we look back on it, the, the time when the Chiefs sort of shifted their identity from uh, from Tyreek Hill and, and that offense to whatever happens from, from this point beyond that'll center around picks from the, the 22 and the 23 drafts. So going to be a great time. And we will come back at you uh, on Friday afternoon, actually Friday at noon on Sportsbeat Live. We're going to talk draft with Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, and Vahe Gregorian. We will go over what the Chiefs did on Thursday and preview what will happen in the rest of the draft. So great conversation, Herbie, and we'll talk to you again later this week. Thank you, Blair. That'll do it for today. Randy Mason produced today's show and is part of the production staff and includes Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Chiefs beat writer Herbie Teope for sharing his insights. Today's Morning Sports Edition ran 32 pages of baseball, hockey, draft coverage, the NBA playoffs, the weekend in auto racing, and much more. Go to KansasCity.com and the subscription tab for more information. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC.